0: This is Scott. Thanks for joining us. And this week, we're going to share a recent interview I did with Anthony McNeil. He is the host of the Off-Duty Podcast on the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network. Anthony is a retired cop, uh, turned entrepreneur and podcaster, and he started his own network. It's a fun and different interview. We talk about my experience serving as a cop in Minnesota. We talk about my dad and how he influenced me, why I got started, what it's like being a cop today, law enforcement, mental health. Some fun and quirky personal questions, some humble advice for new officers. And uh, I shared a little, uh, I shared a few mistakes I made along the way. And, of course, we talk about the Officer Down Memorial Podcast and the impact it's making with some of these survivor families. So thanks for joining us. I think you'll enjoy it. Here's my interview with Anthony McNeil of the Off-Duty Podcast. <laughs> this podcast is part of the everyday heroes podcast network the network for first responders and those who support them I'm thinking <laughs> it's because I got a good voice or because I'm fairly well spoken and I'm like why why do you think that dad So son you have the perfect face for radio
1: mm-hmm. Welcome to the Off Duty Podcast, the podcast where we interview the men and women of law enforcement and help you to learn about the person behind the badge. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you. My name is Anthony McNeil, retired police officer, and your host. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 45 of the Off-Duty Podcast. Once again, it's me, your boy, Anthony McNeil, back with another fantastic guest joining me on the podcast today. This gentleman has 20 plus years in law enforcement. He's worked patrol, warrants, investigations, and administration. He's from the state of Minnesota. He also sits on the board of directors for the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association and the Law Enforcement Memorial Foundation of Southeast Minnesota. He's the host of a fantastic podcast called the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. Please help me welcome Sheriff Scott Rose. Scott, how are you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
1: Yes, sir. I definitely appreciate you hopping on and doing the podcast with me. And for all of you that have listened to the podcast before, you know what my first question is. And that's very simply, Scott, why law enforcement?
0: For me, I wanted to have as cliche as it sounds. I wanted to have a little part in making the community that I'm raising my kids in better. I grew up as a cop's kid. My dad was a cop. My dad was a cop and a teacher. So I was a troublemaker. You cops, kid, and the teacher's kid—you combine those two. Oh my goodness, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. So I was—I was a wild kid, and, and uh, for me, when I started raising my kids, I really wanted to have—I wanted to take an active part in making it a better place to raise my kids. Essentially,
1: that's an awesome answer. And you know, I always say this after I ask that question, but you know, that response is different from everyone, even though we all end up in the same place there's a story behind how we got there and everyone's yeah. story is a little unique and everyone starts off and say the same thing. That it sounds cliche, but it's not because we all have our right. little path that we take and our, and our own little reasons for, for getting into the profession. Now you've been in 20 plus years. You've obviously have seen and done a lot. Are there any other family members in law enforcement? So my
0: grandfather on my mom's side, was uh, they called it a special deputy back then. That was actually in the mid-1900s. He was a special deputy up in Divide County, North Dakota. He was a very prominent farmer up there, but also was very civic-minded and and wanted to help the community. So he he served part-time as a deputy up there. So he's first generation. My dad served uh, with both agencies that I've served with here in this county. He retired with the sheriff's office uh, that I'm I'm sheriff in now. And Mm -hmm. then uh, and then me and then my oldest son is a state trooper in Colorado. He's served there 10 years
1: now. Okay, nice. I like to follow up with this question. Once you got into the profession, was it what you thought it would be?
0: You know, it was I I went into it with the mindset that I am I'm going to be serving in my community. I'm going to be serving in the community I grew up in where I have a lot of friends that live here. I've got family that live here, and, and, and I was raising my kids. And my my whole goal was to try and help make things a little better for my family and for other families that are raising their kids here and and be more aware of what's going on in the community and, you know, to be able to give my kids better direction on what to do or what not to do, who to hang out with, who not to hang out with. And, I you know, I, I work in, a, in a, a very conservative county that is – has always been extremely law enforcement supportive, so it's been from day one. It's been very rewarding to serve here, and uh, so yeah, it it, uh, it 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 was good. You know, there were some things that, knowing now what I know now, there are some things that I would have done different. But it was it was initially it was what I expected for sure.
1: What would you have done different?
0: You know, we we tell our new deputies to hold on to your f- family and friends. Especially hold on to your friends that are outside of law enforcement. Don't shut them out. Cops, by nature, tend to shut out. You tend to shut out all your non-law enforcement friends because of a number of reasons. Back then, you know, we were told you can't talk about work, you can't talk about cases. You don't, you don't bring it home. You don't, you know, you suck it up and you deal with it and you take the next call. And you know, so we were our our environment that that was created for us. We were in an environment that was was closed. You know, so the only people we could really socialize with, or the I, I, the only people I felt I could socialize with, or be open with, or honest with at the time, or or, or who would understand some of the struggles or challenges I was dealing with work, were cops. You know, so I shut out a lot of really good friends, not purposely. I see it, you know, hindsight now, but there are a lot of friends that I missed a lot of years with that uh, I, that I, I I do I do regret. You know, and so we really, really focus and really push that with, with our, our new hires that, you know, you gotta, you gotta hold on to those friends. You gotta have a life outside of law enforcement, which for, for many years I didn't. So
1: that's for sure. I was on another podcast and one of the questions that was asked of me was how did I make the transition from, you know, my 20 years in law enforcement to being an entrepreneur? And, you know, my response was, it was simple. I never made law enforcement my identity. You know, it was what I did. It did not become who I was. And fortunate for me, I had activities outside of law enforcement and a group of friends that I had since high school outside of law enforcement. So you are absolutely right. Anyone out there listening that's thinking about getting into this profession, whatever you do, hang on to those friends as long as they're good friends. That are not in the profession because you will need that balance in your life because this job, as good as the profession as it can be for you, it's also a profession that can take a lot out of you and it doesn't give a whole lot back. So you have to recognize that when you get into this profession and you have to be able to keep that balance in your life. And I think that's awesome that you guys do that for your new people coming on and give them that advice. Cause I mean, yeah, officer safety and all that stuff is important, but the mental health side of it, I think is it's huge. It's yeah, it's, and that's something, like you said, I mean, I, I retired in, in 80 and 92, I'm sorry. In 2013, I started in 92. And like you said, my, when I came on a job, we had an older department because a lot of the guys had gotten hired in the 60s and late 60s, early 70s. So we right. had that old school mentality, you know? And oh, yeah. And absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And it was suck it up, Buttercup, get over it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Now I want to. That's how we were trained. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know? And that's how we were trained. And it. And you know the the, the the cops that we have now who are are have healthy relationships, have healthy marriages, have great kids, ha- have 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 really been successful in this career are cops that had life outside of law enforcement. Are cops that didn't mm-hmm. identify only as cops, you know? And uh, yeah. my chief deputy is a great example of that. He's always he's always kept, you know. He's got he's got friends that he's had since they were kids and they still do stuff. They go on trips together and I, I, I get kind of jealous of that actually because I, for so many years, I was just a cop. You know, I didn't do anything uh-huh. else and uh, he was always really good at, at, at that balance and uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from him so it was cool.
1: Are you married, Scott?
0: Yep. I uh, just oh, yeah. had my, our 30th anniversary a couple of years ago.
1: Ah, oh, congratulations. Yeah, we are we just yeah. passed our 28th year and uh Congratulations. That's that's a feat in itself in this profession. <laughs>
0: in this profession, absolutely. For me to say, and, and that's thirty years with my first wife. You know, I always told everybody that I, I couldn't afford to have more than one. Um,
1: yeah. And, and and my
0: wife reminds me of that too. So I hear that. Um, you
1: know,
0: and she did. She she didn't marry a cop. She married a rock and roll DJ and a yeah. guy that played in a band. You know, I I really switched gears with her, and I'm lucky that she stuck around with me.
1: That's one of the things I forgot to mention when I introduced you. And if you're listening to this, you can hear this man's voice. He has that radio voice. Now, you do voiceover work, correct?
0: Oh, yeah. I've done that for years. Okay. I started in broadcasting. So I went to school originally for broadcasting in uh in phoenix in the late 80s and my dad being a cop i was like i said i was a cop's kid and a teacher's kid i was a troublemaker i wasn't you know in major trouble but i was a troublemaker and uh you know with very little direction as to where i wanted to go after high school and i ended up enrolling in broadcasting school in phoenix and and i told my dad i think i know what i want to do i want to be in radio and dad's like son that is that's the perfect career choice for you. And I'm thinking, it's <laughs> because I got a good voice or because I'm fairly well spoken. And I'm like, why? Why do you think that, Dad? So, son, you have the perfect face for radio. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> my dad, I love my dad. He and I are best friends. He had the funniest sense of humor. And that was his answer. It was pretty funny. And, and then when I, ten years 10 years later, when I told him I was going to be a cop, he's like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna go back to school to be a cop. He's like, you are the last rose kid I ever thought would be a cop. Wow. He said, you're always a kid. essentially. I was always a kid in the backseat. I said, well, I've come full, full circle now. I get to sit in front. There's more leg room, and they let me drive, so it's it's, it's pretty cool, Dad. I think, I think I can do this. So it's kind of fun.
1: I think it's safe to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if you weren't in law enforcement, you would probably still be in radio.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. So my. My forte in radio, the the area where, where I really excelled in that I really enjoyed, I mean, I love being on air and I love doing that stuff too, but my the area that I really loved is production, audio production. And mm-hmm. I was an audio production director for most of the radio stations I worked at in uh, in three different states, including here in, in Minnesota and Rochester. And I just go into the production studio and I just get lost because I, mean, I loved it. I loved yeah. I loved that creative aspect. I loved being able to create something audibly that you can visualize, mm-hmm. you know, to put you in a, in a, in a, space. And, uh, when I left radio, I was kind of bummed because they were, it was still, we were still splicing tape. I was still on a four track tape player and there was, there was nothing digital in our production studio yet. And I was, I was saying, you know, someday this is all going to be on computer. And I'm going to miss it all. <laughs> so I ended up putting a studio in my home 2007 and been okay. working uh, working in the studio ever since. So
1: that's awesome. And that that leads me into my next question regarding the podcast. That was obviously a natural transition for you. What right. made you want to start the podcast, especially with the subject matter that you speak about?
0: So during COVID, you know, I worked from home a lot, and uh, and voice, a lot of the voiceover work that I did in the past has all been promotional type voiceover concerts, you know, different things like that, that all that work stopped in in 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, still working with the Survivor families, working with the both of the memorial boards that I work on, I you know, I, I got to thinking, well what what could I do? You know, I've got two careers that I love. I love the audio production and broadcasting. I love law enforcement how can I utilize that and, and, and help tell stories of these fallen officers? You know, you, you look at memorial websites, you know, every state's got a memorial website, certain regions have memorial websites. You got the national law enforcement Memorial association. They give, you know, a paragraph of, of this fallen officer uh, to try and tell their story. It really, it really doesn't tell you much. I mean, I understand that they're limited, but you just know, especially myself I haven't worked with, Many survivor families. You just know there's so much more to that story, and uh, there's some incredible stories out there about these officers. And looking at the anti-law enforcement, you know, narrative that's that's pushed uh, from the national media, you look at all the looking at all the civil unrest. To me, a podcast like this could not only help these survivor families share these stories that they so want to make sure are not forgotten, but it also shares with the public that. These men and women are heroes. They're 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 ordinary folks. They're the guys that that you meet at the grocery store, you sit next to at the restaurant, you sit next to at the mm-hmm. baseball game that you're you sit next to in church. You know, they're part of your community. They're just willing to do really extraordinary things and take extraordinary risks to help keep our families and our communities safe. So with the, the anti-law enforcement narrative, I, I think the other thing that the podcast does is it really reminds people that every occupation's got problem children. Mm-hmm. But they're the minority. And certainly in law enforcement, there's no there's no data to support systemic racism in law enforcement. There's no data to support uh, sy- systemic use of force. Uh, problems mm-hmm. in law enforcement. There's no data to support that. You can yeah. you can talk about all you want to and talk all the rhetoric you want, but the facts are there's no data to support it. Ninety nine point right. nine percent of the people out there are they're just out there to help. You know they just yeah. want to make their communities better. And uh, you know I think the podcast help shares that story too. And so I I put through I I put together an idea. I had never listened to a podcast before November. Really, was weird. <laughs> I, I, I still thought they were new. So my kids are twenty three, twenty eight, and thirty five, and I put together the first podcast uh, about Matthew Hamilton. He was a he's the first line of duty death in Minnesota from eighteen seventy four. So obviously, there's no police records, there's no reports, there's no. So I went through historical data, microfiche, uh, old newspapers, uh, ancestry dot and I factually put his story together, and I, I had a format idea that I thought would keep a listener's attention, would, be, would make it interesting from a historical standpoint, interesting to listen to. So I put that idea together and I, I shared it with my kids, and my kids all loved it, and they all said, "Well, we all listen to true crime podcasts, and this is awesome. You need to keep doing yeah. this." And we, they're like, "What other you know what other podcasts have you listened to?" And I'm like, "I, I, I haven't. I'm like, "Hi, yeah. My background's music. Outside of law enforcement. So if I listen to Spotify or I listen to iHeart or whatever, or Amazon, I listen to music. I, I never listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so they all laugh. They're like, Dad, you're old. But they love the podcast, and they said, don't change anything. And the format that I use today on the podcast is still the same that I, from the very first one in November. And we've shared, seven, I think, 17 stories now. And it's been a pretty cool experience.
1: If you guys have not heard the Officer Down Memorial podcast, I encourage you after you listen to this episode to go check it out, follow it, subscribe to it, whatever you have to do on whatever platform you're listening to it on, make sure that's on your playlist because Scott has done a phenomenal job of putting this podcast together. And after I started listening to it, it easily became one of my must listen to. And I'm working my way through all the episodes now. And it's, I mean, it's, you can tell your audio and radio background has definitely paid off in the podcast. If someone wanted to listen to it, where can they go to find the podcast? you have a website or anything?
0: Yep. So the website is officerdonmemorialpodcast.com. Or it's on every one of the major apps, Apple, iHeart, uh, Stitcher. I mean, everyone you can think of. It's, it's on all. So all you got to do is just search Officer Don Memorial Podcast and you'll find it. The one thing I'll, I'll, I want to tell your listeners is to understand that these podcasts that I, that I put together, they're a storytelling format. So I, I use officers who were there. I use family who were left behind, and they help me tell the story. So essentially, we set the era. We introduce you to the agency, to the, to the officer, his family, the community, and then we run you through the steps, to, and, and, and you get to experience actually the loss of that officer but it's in a storytelling format. So think of uh, Bill Curtis and cold case. It's not an interview podcast and it's a storytelling podcast and there's a lot of production involved in it. You can use your headphones, use your buds because it really puts you in uh, it, it puts you in that space and it's, they're pretty cool to listen to. They've really, I'm really proud of them. So.
1: Yeah, you should be man. Cause like I said, it's, it's obvious you've put a lot of time and thought into it. I want to be respectful of your time and, jump into the first segment here. And by the way, I'm going to put links down to all your social media and the, and the podcast website down in the show notes. So you guys, again, make sure you go over and check all of that out because you're going to be blown away by the, by the podcast that Scott has put together. And my first segment is what I call dig deeper. Hey, before we get to the next segment, I want to ask you a question. Are you aware that most officers are unknowingly causing collateral damage to not only their mental health, but also their personal relationships? Well, I've put together a 90 day mastermind that will help these officers identify and apprehend the number one suspect that is causing this damage, resulting in a clearer, more focused mind while working stronger, personal relationships with the people that are important to them and more peace at home. And I'm doing this using my simple three-step process that I call document, discuss, and deploy. If you want more details, simply go to the offdutypodcast.com forward slash mastermind. That's the offdutypodcast.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, let's get back to the episode. This is where I get nosy oh. and I start poking around my, my, my guest social media. And I, I dig out some of the posts that you have and I craft questions around those posts Okay. And, the, <laughs> and the first post of yours, Scott, that I came across, it was a recent Father's Day post honoring the memory of fallen officers. And the caption read, for many, Father's Day is a celebration and happy day with family and friends. However, Father's Day can be a very challenging day for survivor families of fallen officers. These amazing families simply want us to for- never forget their fallen hero story his service and his sacrifice today and always we will remember and honor the memory of their falling fathers. Never forgotten. Obviously I'm sure you remember that post.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And my first question around that, that post is what's one memory of your dad that you will always have.
0: Oh man. There's so many with him. I think just the to me just the memory. Okay, so my my dad was a teacher. He was he was a full time teacher and a part time cop. Okay. He always said that he would if he not have been a full time teacher, he would have been a full time cop. But he said in both jobs, he he and I were walking one night, and, and uh, the superintendent position was open at the school. And Dad was an English teacher, seventh and eighth grade English teacher, and loved by this community, and uh, was you know just an incredibly smart man. And I asked him, I said, "Why don't?" Why don't you apply for superintendent? And he said, you know, the, the reason I, I don't and the reason I have never had any interest in doing it is because when I call in sick or when I can't be there in my class that next day, they have to replace me. Yeah. If I'm administration, if I'm the superintendent, I don't need to be replaced. I want to I mm-hmm. be somewhere where every day I make a difference. And cause I, cause I, you know, we talked about money too, because obviously the superintendent makes way more than a teacher and money mm-hmm. was never a motivator for him. He's like, you know, your, your worth has got to be based on what you give back to your community, not your paycheck.
1: Yeah. And, uh, wise man.
0: I loved him to death for that. I'll never forget that conversation.
1: Awesome. Awesome. My, my next question regarding that post, I want to flip it here a little bit. What's one memory of you that you think your kids will always carry? I think
0: my graduating from, I think my graduating from school for law enforcement.
1: Okay. You know, I went to, I went back to school at 30, 31.
0: Wow. And uh, I, I had kids that were in school that were getting a, A's and, and uh, on the A honor roll and they expected to see my report card.
1: Like, <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait,
0: I have three kids, a wife, I got a full-time job, a couple part-time jobs, I'm going to school full-time, this is not fair. No, 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 no. Expectations are should be the same, Mm -hmm. and uh, so I ended up with a 3.8 GPA. I did a two year degree in a year and a half, and they were all at my graduation. And um, you know, just showing that if you got a goal, you got a dream, you got you you got to chase it. And they were they were there for me, and they supported me all through that. And uh, I think that's probably a big memory for them.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I know my kids, I asked them a similar question, and their reply to me, both of them, I have two girls, uh, 22 and 26, and their reply was, I think the one thing we will always remember about you is that we enjoyed getting in your car because you always had candy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, hey, that works. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> and it, it's it was little things like that 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 you look back on and you you realize that it was something kind of insignificant at the moment but it turns out, you know, that's a lasting memory that they will always have because when Absolutely, I think back yeah. on it now, yeah, them hopping in the car and the excitement they got out of seeing that candy in the car, you know, and the smiles right. they put on their face, yeah. So I, I, could, I can, I so can see then that. Then he thought scary. it was
0: you. It was always the candy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love it. Oh man, the next post, Scott. I want to ask you about this was actually a post made by Wayne and I hope I'm saying his last name right. Mulder that you, you, you liked, you liked his post and the post that he put up, it says change is not the enemy yet. The job will change you. I am not the same person who entered the Academy all those years ago. And my question to you is how has the profession changed you?
0: It's changed me a lot. You know, in, in this career, You see so many things that you can't unsee. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to work and most of the people you deal with are in crisis and it's their, it's their worst. It's their worst period in their life. It's the biggest crisis they've ever, you know, most people deal with a major crisis once or twice in their life. Yeah. We can deal with them several times a shift. Right. And then you got to go home and, and you know you go you, to you go to, a, you go to a, a child abuse case or you go to a, a crash where a child has been killed and then you go home and you, you, you have to act normal with your family and your kids and it changes you it, it, there's no doubt it changes you and, you and you have to you have to it's a work in progress. you got to figure out how to how to manage it you got to figure out how to manage the stress. The stuff you're dealing with, uh, and you can't shut it off. You know, you don't. Right. You don't sit with your back to the door at a restaurant. You don't. You, you're always looking around. You're always on guard. You're always. It, it just it it changes. It. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it's it's pretty hard to explain unless you've been there.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and what it's I mean? it's funny because I. This is going to be a selfless plug on my part, but. The last couple of weeks, I've really been diving into the mental health side of law enforcement. And, you know, you just nailed it. Every day we're affected by constant trauma and and negativity, whatever you want to call it. And for a lot of us, unfortunately, we don't deal with it. We don't even recognize it sometimes. And that's really dangerous. And since I've started looking into this topic, I look back at my career and the one story that stands out that kind of sums this all up. I was working the front desk one day. If you've heard the podcast, you've heard me tell the story about me in the front desk. So I won't tell that whole story, but (laughs) a lady, a gentleman comes in. He and I, he's a total asshole. He and I get into it. We have this exchange. He goes about his way, about his business. About 30 minutes later, this lady totally unrelated comes in to make an accident report and she steps up to the window and I say, can I help you? And she looks at me and she says, well, I was coming to make an accident report, but you just looked at me like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> <laughs> had many of those moments.
0: For me, one of the, one of the, one of the examples that I use, and I use in the podcast, I think you'll appreciate this, and it kind of goes along with your story There is When when we deal with these crises at work, some of them are bigger than others. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a, a loss of a coworker, a loss of an officer, that's huge. So if you, mm-hmm. you equate it to, like, a, a, a lake or a pond. you got a pond, and um, losing an officer is huge. That's a huge deal. That's a big trauma. That's a big rock. You take mm-hmm. that big rock, you toss that in the water, and it, it causes a ripple effect. And that, yeah. the, that that bigger rock that ripple effect goes for a long time before things start to mellow out a little bit mm. every uh, every additional crisis that you deal with whether it's a bad crash or a death scene or a child abuse or, or whatever that's another rock thrown in your pond yeah and and it creates that ripple and it eventually calms down but underneath the surface all those rocks are still there yeah all that trauma is still there And, um, when you get one rock thrown at you and before that ripple's done, you get another one tossed at you like you did,
1: it
0: it throws you. I mean, you, you gotta, it's, 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 it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to find that balance and I don't know. It's an interesting, there's no profession like it.
1: No, there certainly is not.
0: Through and the experiences that we deal with and, um. I love it and I
1: hate it. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes perfectly good sense, you know. But I, yep. I, like I said, I've really been diving into this conversation, into this topic, and this is where the shameless plug comes in. But I started thinking, what can I do to help the men and women in this profession at least recognize that these daily stresses are occurring? And one of the things, what I came up with was a a journal that I've put together. And it's called the daily incident report. And it's a journal that men and women in the profession can carry with them. And it's, it's really simple. It's just a matter. It's not your typical, you know, teenage journal where you're writing out your, all your, your crazy stuff, but this is specifically for your day at work. And it starts out where you put the number of hours of sleep. You got your mood. When you start your shift, you know, you have five selections, everything from calm to frustrated, you rate from one to 10 your your stress level at the beginning of your shift and you rate again at the end of your shift and you choose one major cause of stress for you that day and you document whatever that was and you put, whether it was administrative, a run or, you know, something else, personal situation, but then there's a narrative section where you can write all that out. And if nothing else that allows you to, to acknowledge that there is stress occurring to you. Now you have to address it. And the way that I want to address it is I'm going to put on a mastermind that coincides with the journal. Once a week, we will get together with other law enforcement officers that are experiencing the same things. We'll come together. We'll have a peer to peer session. Everyone will talk about their stresses for that week. Every other week, we're going to have mental health experts come in, talk and teach how to cope and deal and recognize and so on and so forth. So that's my shameless plug. But that's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That's one of the things I looked at. And I, I know it sounds insignificant to say, you know, a journal. But for years, that's one thing I've always said I wish I would have done when I worked was kept right. a journal Yeah, me because too. it. Yeah, you know, because if nothing else, for the stories, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You what know, yeah.
0: we, well, your journal is great because it it reinforces the environment that us as administrators need to really take on in law enforcement, and we need to we need to develop an environment where it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and where, and, I, um, and I would love, I would love for if you got a shift and something I would love to see change in law enforcement, and that's the briefing before we hit the road to me, that 30 minutes is a waste of time. Right. To me, it would be more effective to use that time to, to ask officers, how are they doing? What's going on in their lives? I think you'll, you'll have a better officer ready to hit the road. If there's someone that's going through something now that requires officers to open up and that you can't have that stigma, you know, of, well, you're soft and all that. So that's, that's the wall we have to break down, you know? So this journal is something that you can keep in your car, keep it. And no one has to know about it. Something personal that you can do because we're obviously, we're not at that point yet where we can share like that in in an open form, but hopefully that's the goal that we can get to. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Thank you. Thank you. And my, 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 my last question regarding that post, I want to ask you about, would you go back and do it all over again? Oh,
0: in a heartbeat. Yeah. Without, without question. I've just the, the experiences I've had, the people I've been able to help, you know, and just making a difference for my family and my friends and, and in a heartbeat. My best, best decision I ever made was to get into this career.
1: Yeah, I can honestly say the same thing. You know, with the exception of my last five years, it was the best decision I ever made. You know, so right. much have come from it. So I can't be disappointed in in my 20 years at all. Um, yep. The last post I want to talk to you about, Scott, it was a, a video of, of Chief Jeffrey Rash signing off for the last time before he retired. Yep. And his caption was, after 37 and a half years, I marked off duty for the last time. It's been an honor to serve alongside many great officers and I pray for the safety of those who continue to hold the line looking forward to new opportunities as I enter this new chapter in life. And my question to you simply is, what does the next chapter for you look like?
0: I want to I want to keep telling stories of these fallen officers. I mean there's so many stories to share and the survivor families They've had, there's been so many unintended benefits from this podcast for the survivor families and for the agencies. Mm -hmm. And it's really been therapeutic. It's helped them move on through their grieving process. It's been a huge deal for them. And, uh, and it's so rewarding and I, I want to try and keep doing that as long as I can. So
1: awesome. Yeah. You have a good thing there, man. Please keep it up. Um, the stories are fantastic. The quality, the production, everything is top notch. So I really like what you're doing there. I want to go ahead and get to the next section and our next segment. And this is what I call the random seven. Again, these are oh. just seven totally random off the wall questions. All right. So answer them the best you hey. can. <laughs> hey. The first question, what's the most exotic thing you've ever eaten? Most exotic thing.
0: Rocky Mountain oysters. Is that exotic?
1: <laughs> that's pretty <exotic. laughs> well, I think that's, that's probably one of the most odd things I've eaten. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mm-hmm. say that probably because not. I was just watching—I was just watching a TV show yesterday, and this guy was in Colorado, and he goes to this restaurant, and a lady brings him a a basket full, and he takes one bite into it. And she's like, You haven't taken another bite. And he goes, no, I'm not going to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll pretty much try to eat anything once. And then I may be done. But that's probably one of the weirdest things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's been, and I don't think these are really, well, for me, they were exotic. But I think there's people that eat them on a regular basis. One was goat, curried goat, which was actually pretty good. It's oh, a I've big Jamaican dish. Yeah, it was actually, okay. it's, a, it's a huge Jamaican dish. It was actually pretty good. And the other one was bison, which I'm sure a lot of people probably. Bison's great. Tried. Bison, it was good. It was really good. Very it was good. the first yeah. time I had had, I had a bison burger and I loved it. So that's about as exotic as I get. <laughs> you <gonna> go. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, uh, The next question. What could you do all day long and not consider it a waste of time?
0: Sit in the production studio. Yep. I, uh, I could sit there all day long and there are times where my wife will come up and say, you got to take a break. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I could sit up there. I could sit in that studio from morning to night and work yeah. on production and I'd be just happy as a clam.
1: I hear so, you. I'm the same way when it comes to my computer and, and my internet and all that yep. stuff. So yep. I totally get it. Uh, next question. If you could make a documentary about anything, what would you make it about? Wow.
0: I would, I would make it about the the a documentary of anything. I would make it about. Yeah, uh, you know, I keep everything. I I am so oriented towards officers down right now. Survivor series, or it be it'd be about law enforcement. It'd be, it'd be about you know, whether it's uh, whether it's an officer down series or whether it's an officer down survivor series or or a cumulative PTSD suicide. I mean, there's a huge topic there that doesn't get nearly enough attention. Um, yeah. It'd be about law enforcement somehow, some way.
1: When I first got into this podcast you know, I tried to venture off into other topics, but I found that the interest wasn't just it wasn't there like it is for this, you know, for this right. topic of law enforcement. Yep. So, yep, agree it's what I know. Yeah, and it keeps it keeps yeah, pulling me back me so. Absolutely. Uh yeah, next question. Would you rather have your toilet overflow every time you flush it or have your refrigerator smell like rotten fish every time you open it?
0: Wow. <laughs> I'll take the rotten fish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told you these are just random. These are just yeah, random, uh, random questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, rotten fish.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, next question. Do you think once you love someone, you always love them? Or do you think it's possible to, that love can fade over time?
0: I think once you love them, you're always going to have a, a level of love for them. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the degree may change you know, there's a difference between loving a person and being in love with a person. Right. I think once you love a person, you know, you're always going to have those feelings.
1: I agree. Two more questions here. The next one, would you rather be hated or forgotten?
0: Well, I'm already hated by some people. (laughs) (laughs) By a handful of people. I guess I'll say hated.
1: Yeah. I think I would agree. I, I would have to say the same thing. I, yeah. That's, that's, that's a tough one, but yeah, I think of the two choices, I'd have to say. In this it, career, you're going to have
0: that. It is what it is. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, last question. What area of your life are you least satisfied with?
0: Retirement. Yeah. I'm not there yet. And <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> How much longer do you have to go?
0: I'll probably do another. I'll do another term. So I've got five years. Okay, so that'll put me at fifty eight. You know, I love I love my job. I love I love, I love the sheriff's office. I love everybody I work with. We have we have such an amazing office and amazing staff. It's like a big family there. But I man, I love I love working with these survivor families and these agencies and sharing these stories. And I mean that's something I could totally do on a regular full time basis too. So I'm pretty blessed. I got got a lot of options. So but retirement, absolutely. i I'm, I'm I'm ready for that.
1: it's a good thing trust me (laughs) the key is though you still enjoy doing what you're doing so that 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 makes it easier um i want to go ahead and get to the last section here and this is what i call this or that i'm going to give you two topics you simply have to pick one this is like my rapid fire round you don't really have to okay you don't have to answer why or anything just choose one all right the first one hot chocolate or coffee coffee singing or dancing singing Shoes or barefoot? Barefoot. Text or call? Ooh, call. Money or power?
0: Neither really motivate me, but I guess money.
1: Watch sports or play sports?
0: Play sports.
1: Hawaii or Alaska? Hawaii. Reading or writing? Writing. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Neither. Neither. (laughs) I can't spend eight bucks on a cup of coffee. I just can't do it. The The last one, mashed potatoes or baked potatoes? Oh, baked potatoes. Scott, sir, it was a pleasure to speak with you and get to learn more about you. Again, man, I can't say it enough. I really love the podcast. Thank I love you. what you're doing over there. If you can just do me a favor, if you can share your social media, how people can go over and follow you and check out everything that you got going on.
0: Absolutely. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So you, you know you can follow us on, on, on any one of those uh, platforms, social media platforms. We share everything on those. If you're not, if you're not a big social media person, but you've got email, you can sign up for, uh, for the email subscriber list, and then you get sent the, uh, the, the podcast link and then a message from me every other Friday to, to, to say hi and you know, share with you what the what the story's about. And if you're an avid podcast person like I wasn't, I'm, I'm learning. It's on every app out there. All you got to do is search Officer Don Memorial Podcast. But it's fun, and on the website, there's a lot, we share a lot of different pictures and a lot of different. There's a lot more information shared on the website that is necessarily shared on the podcast. So if you if you're into the podcast, I would certainly recommend going to the website too because there's a lot. Of, there's also a lot of evidence pictures and and family pictures and 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 different photos on there that relate to parts of the story. So it's kind of a big package. So definitely look us up and and reach out to me. I love talking to folks. I love talking to supporters. I'll I'll respond right away. And, uh, and for those that have any suggestions on stories too, I'm from Minnesota. I do a lot of Minnesota stories, but it's not just Minnesota. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got an Arizona story coming up. I've got a Wisconsin story coming up. So, uh, I just appreciate the sport and these survivor families. They just want to share their stories. They don't want their heroes to be forgotten. So
1: yeah. And your podcast is out every, every other week, correct?
0: Every other Friday. Yeah.
1: Okay. Nice. I'm going to put links to all of that down in the show notes, so again, you guys go over and support and check out Scott's uh, stuff that he has going on. You will not be disappointed. Any last words before we get out of here?
0: No, I just, I, I appreciate your support. I appreciate your podcast, because while it's law enforcement related, it's so different from any other podcast <laughs> out there that's law enforcement, and it's just cool. It's fun to listen to. I I just appreciate what you do, and, and uh, the stuff thank that you. you do for law enforcement, I think is awesome, and so thank you for your service, and and uh, it's, been, Likewise. it's been awesome to, to meet you and, and get to call your friend.
1: Yeah, same here, man. I appreciate it. Uh, guys, you know how to support whatever platform you're listening on. Subscribe. Leave a review. That's what fuels these things. That's what the algorithms that we are now controlled by once. So go leave reviews. Leave a follow or subscribe, whatever it is that you're whatever platform you're on, do what they tell you to do, but support us. We appreciate it. You guys stay safe out there. Scott, sir. Thank you very much for your time. Please stay safe. Take care of those kids and the wife and just keep doing what you're doing. And I will see you guys on the next episode.
0: We'd like to send a big thank you out to Anthony McNeil of the Off-Duty Podcast on the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network. Anthony, thank you so much for your support. It was great talking to you. Hey, everyone, we have some powerful fallen officer stories coming up. We've got stories from Minnesota, from Arizona, and from Wisconsin, just to name a few. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This helps increase our numbers. It allows us to reach more listeners, more supporters, and ultimately allows us to share more fallen officer stories. So thanks, everyone, for your support. Please make sure to thank your local law enforcement for their service. These men and women work so hard to keep our communities and our families safe, and they really need to see our support now more than ever. So be sure to say thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, this is Scott Rose with the Officer Down Memorial Podcast.
1: A Huda Media Production.